The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook app, the greatest sportsbook app in the galaxy. By the way, talk about the best in the galaxy. This is an unbelievable week. I mean, we've got NFL free agency going crazy. Steve and I may or may not get in some of our free agency thoughts a little bit later in the show. No matter what, though, next week, we will go over what moves these teams made and what we think it means for their Super Bowl future odds, for their season win totals. That will be next week's Even Money podcast. Make sure... You are subscribed and you listen to that one. I am, of course, Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Most of you know that. If you check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you can see the helmets and the game balls, stuff like that behind me. Now I got a bunch of media gigs, several podcasts. Means a great deal to us when you spread the word. We're still sort of the little engine that could, if you will. We're not with NFL.com or The Ringer or... Uh, Barstool, or any of those big ones. So really, really appreciate when you guys retweet, like, whatever on social media. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. He is at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports. Speaking of only, he is the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football betting. That is the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. Again, check him out at Fezzik Sports. So over the next couple of weeks, Steve, it's going to be fun because we're going to get into our recap of all of our numbers since we've been tracking them back to 2016. I'm very excited for that in a couple of weeks. Next week, we'll dive hot and heavy into the NFL free agency. But if you have a, if you have a betting podcast, if you have the Even Money podcast, you got to talk about March Madness this week, Steve. I mean, that's, I don't think I realized until recently. I mean, I always knew the tournament was a big deal, Steve. I didn't realize how big of a deal the betting was. I thought it was, you know, hey, it's fun. It's college basketball. It's your bracket. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize how, how big of a betting weekend this is. 
Yeah, and the public money, this is one of the rare events where the public money can dwarf what the pros are playing, especially on the favorites, especially when we look at the late game. So you give me a late Friday or Saturday night game with a prohibitive favorite like a West Virginia, you know that every single public person in the book is going to go ahead and fire on West Virginia in some form on the money line, on a teaser, on the spread, and all that liability accumulates. And they've been parlaying the favorites together throughout the day. So when you see a day, Ross, where the favorites are covering more than the dogs, by the end of the evening, the sports books have this huge liability on their books, potentially if the favorites sweep in the final few games. And because of that, oftentimes you get a lot of value playing the underdogs late in the NCAA tournament. Very interesting, Steve. I like that. Well, speaking of value, and I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't even realize all the different ways people are betting on March Madness. How about DraftKings, by the way? If you bet $4 on underdog and they win, you win $256 if they win. Pick any underdog, Steve. Put $4 on them. If they win, you get $256. Come on, you can pick out an underdog that's going to win. Just make sure you use the code Ross over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You guys know terms and conditions apply. 1-800-GAMBLER. You know the deal. Just code Ross, DraftKings app. Code Ross, DraftKings app. $4, $256. All you need to know. But that's not all you need to know. You need to know who to actually bet on. And for that, we are bringing in Brad Wachtel. I'm so fired up for this. Steve, I didn't even tell you this part of it, okay? I had a Division I college basketball coach told me this is the guy I should have on the show. All right? So we weren't sure whether or not the Division I college basketball coach would be allowed on the show. I didn't know if with compliance departments, if he could be on a betting show or whatever. He said, this is the guy, Brad Wachtel, just reading – his bio on Twitter, at Brad underscore Wachtel, W-A-C-H-T-E-L, by the way, former men's basketball admin in the Big Ten, the Big East, and the AAC. Let's start with that, Brad. What does that mean for people that might not know, former men's basketball admin? Yeah, so I worked with the Rutgers University men's basketball team uh, for six years uh, on the coaching staff. Um, I was in charge of operations, um, charge of our team managers, charge of our scheduling, basically all of the work that went on behind the scenes that didn't involve X's and O's. Uh, so I mentioned those three leagues because Rutgers happened to be in actually those three leagues. So it's not a lie, but Rutgers went from the Big East to the AAC to the Big Ten. And that's how I overlapped in three different conferences. Oh, that's amazing. So it was all at Rutgers as they went through. It, you actually had a busy job then because as they would play different different opponents, different leagues, you were about as busy as any basketball admin could have been. Yeah, no, it was it was a definitely uh, a wild time. And, you know, Rutgers has had a history of, you know, some interesting things going on as well. Some that I'm not too proud of and some that, you know, yeah. we, it, it was – it was a very enjoyable time for me, and I love Rutgers University. I was also I also went to school there. I was the head team manager for the men's basketball team. So I actually spent a total of 10 years working with Rutgers. So the fact that they're finally in the NCAA tournament, 
it means a great deal to me. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, they've had a really good year. We'll get to that in a little bit. So the first line on your bio says NCAA tournament projections. And my buddy, who's a college coach, who we won't name, he said this guy got 67 of the 68 seeds right. And then I was looking at your Twitter feed. You actually had 47 – was it right you had 47 seeds perfect? Yes, I had 47 seeds perfect and 67 out of the 68 teams correct. 47 is actually the best that I've, I've ever done. Um, but just like every single year, there are always some issues that you have with how the committee seeded teams um, and things like that. But for the most part, they've been doing a, a pretty good job. Okay, so like – how did you get into this? I got to ask. And how are you that good? I mean, we got to know a little bit about the process here. Sure. So it all started probably about 15 years ago after I graduated from Rutgers. Um, I love the NCAA tournament. I always wanted to find a way to stay close to it in a way. Never got to experience it in my time at Rutgers. Uh, but I love learning about teams. I love all the information. I love just kind of knowing all the numbers and seeing where teams stand and you know, I have my bracketology I call facts and bracks. I basically have a an Excel file that lists all the information you need to know about every team's re resume and profile. So I'm always updating the information on a daily basis, comparing team by team, quadrant numbers, net numbers, strength of schedule, key wins, bad losses, looking at every aspect of it and trying to put my my mind in the in the minds of the selection committee and figure out what they're going to do, what they've done in the past. Um, and always things are not the same year in and year out. Things are always changing uh, in terms of what the committee is looking at. So it's important to stay on top of that. Um, but I feel like I have a, a very good feel for what the committee does, almost sort of like a like a pattern recognition. Um, and I'm on top of it. And through my Twitter feed, I try to be someone that explains all of my decisions as well. You know, there are plenty of people out there that could just put a bracket together. Okay, here, here's my projections and do an okay job. But I feel like talking it through is something that people would appreciate. Um, and it's actually something that I wish the committee did as well. Okay. So this is amazing. First of all, you're better than the guys that are on TV. You, you, they need to get rid of those guys. You actually have the experience of working for a, a program and you're better, you're better, you nail more of them. I forget their names. I won't call them out, whatever. But you're better than they are, number one. Number two, Steve, there's no betting markets on seeding, is there? Like, there's no way we could just follow Brad on Twitter. They don't, does anybody set lines for how many number, like who will be the number one seeds and stuff like that? Yes, they do. This didn't used to be the case. But a recent phenomenon has been teams have been listed over, under, four and a half. You can bet them to go over, under, et cetera. So I wouldn't say it's a widely available betting market, but at a few select places like at DraftKings, you can bet on this now. And frankly, this is an area where obviously Brad should be able to shine and make lots of money because he's ahead of the curve. No one else is paying attention to whether Missouri should be a six or a nine, but Brad is. Dude, Brad, I'm gonna follow you next year. We're gonna get we're gonna make a lot of money, buddy. This is awesome. 
I, I love it. So, okay, 67 of 68 you got. Who was the one you missed? So I missed Louisville. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed uh, Wichita State. Um, and I had Louisville in instead of them. Wichita State was actually my first team out. Um, and the reason why I left them out is was based on what the committee has done in the past. Their net was in the 70s. They only had one great win. Um, and I didn't think it was enough to put them over the top. That being said, a lot of the teams, a lot of the 11 seeds that got into the tournament, many of them really weren't even deserving to be there uh, in the first place. So I can't really complain um, about them leaving Louisville out of the tournament at all. Okay. So I'm going to fire off some questions now. And then, Steve, I might pick your brain. I want to know path. You know, whether I'm filling out a bracket like a lot of our listeners and viewers on youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL are, but also for betting. Steve has taught me to not necessarily bet teams to win the whole thing, just bet them week by week. But still, I want to know paths. So give me some teams that have some easy paths to the final four in your mind. I think right off the bat, Gonzaga is, has the easiest path by far. Um, you look at who's in their region and who they could potentially face in the Sweet 16. You're looking at either if the higher seeds advance, um, which personally I don't think will happen. Uh, you're looking at a Virginia or a Creighton. Um, Virginia is a team who currently is going through a COVID spell. So we don't even know if they're going to be at full strength, which is why I think they could struggle to get out of the first round. Um, as well as Creighton is a team that, They've had some issues of their own with their head coach making, you know, certain comments that, you know, his players weren't happy about. Um, so there could be a rift going on there. And I'm just not feeling either of those teams getting very far. Uh, so Gonzaga's toughest opponent will probably be Iowa in the Elite Eight. I think Iowa's a very good team, a battle-tested team from the Big Ten. Uh, but I do think getting to the Final Four and staying undefeated is where, where they will end up. Um, another team I feel like that has a, a relatively, I want to say an easy path, but the second one seed that has a solid chance is Baylor. Um, if you look at how, you know, if they start winning games and who they could end up playing, they might have to go through teams, three teams in the Big Ten, like Wisconsin, um, Purdue, and Ohio State. Big Ten is a great conference, but at the same time, I think Baylor, I think they can get, they can survive that and get through that. And if they can play the way that they played, um, before their COVID spell, uh, they can definitely reach a Final Four. Um, I don't want to say relatively easy, but they can do that. Steve, let me ask you this, okay? Because I haven't filled out a bracket the last couple of years, but I'm doing one this year for the Dan Patrick Show. I'm one of their, like, celebrity um, whatever uh, tournament guys. And I kind of already filled it out, but I could make some edits if I wanted to. How often would you win it? or at least finish in the top quartiles. I don't get embarrassed on that show. If you just did the the, the lower seat all the way around or the higher seat, whatever it is, you just did the, the favorite team every round all the way through. Okay. It's a great question. And it depends. How many people are you competing against? If you're competing against eight people, you should go chalk, 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 chalk. If it was just a heads-up contest, you would take whoever was favored in each and every game. That would be optimal. Now, the bigger the pool swells, the less likely that strategy is going to win because what's going to happen is that your bracket is going to look too much like 100 other people's brackets such that 
whoever goes ahead and takes a flyer and takes an upset here or there and this, and one significant upset is going to be rewarded enough that they're going to be able to jump over literally a hundred other people. So the answer really is all in terms of how large of a pool size are you competing against? Small pool size go mostly chalk. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, so speaking of that, Brad, what about the opposite? What about teams that have really, really tough paths to the final four or making it far? Yeah, I think number one is definitely Illinois. Um, it's possible that they have to face Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16, who, in my opinion, was a bit underseated. Um, they should have been a three, possibly even a two. Um, they've been as, as hot as any team in college basketball. Um, the funny thing about that potential matchup is that's probably one of the um, most, one of the biggest matchups I'm looking forward to in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Brad Underwood, the head coach at Illinois, is the former head coach at Oklahoma State. Uh, so there's a connection right there. Um, and even if they get through that game, they could potentially have to face West Virginia, another Big 12 team. Um, and when you're looking at conferences, the Big 12 and the Big 10 were the two best conferences of college basketball this year. So everything is based on matchups. You're not just picking, you know, the league to win, but that's something to keep in mind. Those conferences are battle tested and they, they can end up with, with the most teams going, advancing the furthest. By the way, uh, you can't really see it, but I'll put it up to this camera anyway for people watching on YouTube. Um, I've got Oklahoma State in the national championship game against Gonzaga. I'm going with Oklahoma State under the Danny Manning, Carmelo Anthony theory of John Wallace theory of they have the best player and he's Cade Cunningham is going to go on a magical run. They're not as good as Gonzaga, but I think they're going to go on a magical run to the national championship. That's like my big bet, Brad. What do you think of it? Having Oklahoma State all the way to the championship game. I like it. I think the winner, I mean, I have Illinois winning it all, uh, but I think the winner of that Illinois-Oklahoma State game will go to the Final Four. Uh, but I also think Illinois has two guys in, in Ayo Desunmu and, and Kofi Coburn, um, and they got shooters, they defend. Illinois is a complete team uh, that I've seen play a ton, and they are hotter than Oklahoma State right now. So... I think they're just, they have all the pieces to make a run, but I agree with you, uh, especially for betting purposes. I think Oklahoma State, should they get by Illinois, they will go to the Final Four. Speaking of seeds, um, I know you were talking about Missouri. Steve texted me before the show at Fezzik Sports. I don't know why I said that with his text. It sounds like his text message is at Fezzik Sports, but whatever. He, He wants to debate Missouri with you. So, Brad, since you are our guest, I will let you have the floor as to why you think number nine was way too low for Missouri. Keep in mind, by the way, last week here on the Even Money Podcast, Paul Roberts talked about how twice he bet against Missouri and they got killed by people. So, uh, I don't remember what games those were, Steve, but you remember that. Paul was like, he just paid in Missouri a bunch of games. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I think Missouri, I had them projected as a six seed. Um, They ended up being a nine seed. And the reason why I had them as a six seed was for multiple reasons. Number one, uh, they beat Illinois this year, who is arguably the best team next to Gonzaga in college basketball. 
they finished over 500 against quadrant one opponents, which is very impressive to do. Finished seven and six. Um, and uh, I've always felt like, like uh, I don't know. I, I felt like because of one month ago, the selection committee uh, came out, or the NCAA came out with their top 16 reveal. Uh, and Missouri was one of the teams that had a poor net. You know, their metrics weren't particularly great, in, just in terms, in, in terms of their net. And I always questioned whether or not they would be seated that high because the committee tends to put teams with a net that are, you know, in the 30s and 40s, they'll put them towards the back end of the of seating, which they did with a nine. But in that, in that top 16 reveal, they had Missouri as a four seed. So I kind of went off of that and I'm like, okay, they're, they're a four seed in this reveal. They have not played as well down the stretch, but their resume is, st- is not much worse. So for them to drop from a four seed to a nine seed really, really surprised me. Um, and I do think that their their matchup against Oklahoma will be a good game, but I am taking Missouri for the reason of the fact that I think they're underseeded. Steve, he's pretty good, man. What do you got? Yeah, I think the whole debate is, are we talking body of work or are we talking recency? So Missouri's body of work, they're deserving of a better seed. How are they playing now? Vegas is unimpressed. Look no further. No one in Vegas is impressed by Oklahoma. That's a that's a mad team that has no chance, no realistic chance to contend for this tournament. Oklahoma's an eight seed. Oklahoma's lane two against Missouri. So the great thing about this is if you have a pro-Missouri opinion, you can go ahead and bet them catching an extra two points on top of it versus a very mediocre tournament team in Oklahoma. Brad, you have an overrated team. I guess Missouri's kind of your underrated team or underseeded at least. Do you have an overrated, overseeded team? Well, I do have a couple. Um, I would say UCLA is actually one, and they're seeded as an 11, but UCLA actually could have been out of the tournament because uh, res- they only had one win against another at-large NCAA tournament team in Colorado, which was also at home. So not that impressive. So now obviously they got to get out of that first four game against Michigan State, but I don't, I don't see them beating Michigan State. Um, so that's one team. Another team that I will say is overrated by the public right now is, is Winthrop. Uh, I think they're going to be an extremely popular 12-5 pick because they are, they have one loss on the season. They're 23 and one, uh, and they're playing a Villanova team who is without their starting point guard who, you know, they're not at full strength. They have not played well. And I just I just have that feeling. Uh, like Villanova is still, they got a great coach. They're going to kind of go into that game as with that maybe underdog mentality that everyone's picking Winthrop. And I do see Villanova as a team surviving. Uh, one thing, one other note about Winthrop is they had the 342nd toughest, uh, toughest schedule in the country. So easy schedule. They haven't played anybody. Um so that's one thing One thing to note. They haven't played anybody, so it's hard to see exactly how they'll end up against a team uh, like Villanova from the Big East. So I guess the, the last question I have would just be, give me one or two upsets you like, like one, one or two underdogs, lower seeds that you think might pull it off. For people that are in you know, pools where there's a lot of people, like Steve said, and you need to pick some, you can't just do chalk. Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, I definitely like uh, UC Santa Barbara over Creighton. That's one. Um, 
And I also really like Georgetown over over uh, Colorado. That's probably going to be another popular one. Um, you know, as, as you were saying before, with uh, recency bias, Georgetown has you know stormed through the Big East tournament. You know, they could have beaten Creighton by thirty five points. Uh, I really like you know what Patrick has Patrick Ewing has done with this team lately. And you know, if you look at what they've done to start the season, they were not very good. They were picked to finish at the bottom of the Big East. But Georgetown seems like a team that's on the mission, on a mission, and I think they can get out of the first round, probably not much further, but I do see them uh, upsetting Colorado. Steve, it's interesting. Um, you were texting me, and Brad, you can just listen to what Steve says here. Like You said the individual, the, the betting pros you know, prefer the prop bets to the games. How many prop bets are out there, Steve, for these games? Well, they're just starting to come up. Some of my favorites, you can bet yes, no, whether at Circus Sports, whether a team makes the Final Four, by example. But we're going to go ahead. We talked about different conferences. We're going to see props up. How many games will Big Ten teams win? Over-unders. How many games will the Big 12 win, et cetera? One thing I'll, I'll caution everyone about, like the value of betting the Big Dance versus betting day-to-day. It's hard to set these lines day-to-day. The odds makers make more mistakes I'm going to put you guys on the spot. We talk about Oklahoma State. Everybody loves Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State played Baylor in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. What was that line? What would you guess it would, would have been if you, if, you, if you didn't see it, Ross? Baylor minus seven. Very good. It, it closed eight, but you could have had nine. So think about this. You've got Oklahoma State in your finals. You could have had that team plus nine on a neutral site. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, interesting. Brad, this was fantastic. Everybody needs to follow Brad on Twitter at Brad underscore Walktel. Like I said, the numbers 67 of 68 seeds, 47 exactly right, speak for themselves. But also, literally a Division One basketball coach said, this is the guy you should have on since I can't come on. And it's Brad Walktel at Brad underscore W-A-C-H-T-E-L. Brad, awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Ross. There he is, Brad Walktel. So before we wrap things up, Steve, you know, there's been a lot going on NFL free agency. And we'll go team through by team next week. But we all know what's significant, and that is quarterback moves. So the two situations I really wanted to ask you about, number one, the New England Patriots signing like 12 guys, Hunter Henry, John Smith, Matthew Judon, including Cam Newton. Now, they're supposedly not done at the quarterback position, but it doesn't look like they're going to bring another veteran in. My guess is maybe they'll draft somebody. But your thoughts on the Patriots' spending spree, including – bringing back Cam as the presumptive starting quarterback. Well, I love the fact that they're spending money, and I trust the Patriots to find value in those decisions. Remember, this is a team that had eight guys opt out for COVID concerns last year, so already New England undervalued based upon that. Unfortunately, I just don't think that Cam Newton is going to be ever become anything close to an average quarterback anymore in the NFL. He tried so hard. I mean, he ran the ball actively throughout the year last year and just was ineffective. I don't think that that's going to change this year. Below average quarterback is going to doom the Patriots. Right now, what do you think their season win total would be? 
Let's put it right at eight, 500 team. You know what I want to do, Steve? When do the when do the season win totals usually come out? Usually right after the draft. Every now and then you'll see a, a sports book go rogue and put them up early, but just after the draft is typical. You know what I want to do this year? We've never done it before. I want to guess season win totals with you. That would be fun. See how many. Now I'm into this now that Brad Walktail got 67 of the 68 NCAA tournament seeds, right? We should be able to do pretty well. I would like to see how many teams we could get within a half a game on. You going over or under eight for the Patriots? I think I think that the line will be set higher than that. I think they'll be at eight mm. and a half mm. right now. And I I don't know what I'll take. I think I think they they got a decent chance to win nine or ten games. So I might go over, but they're not like winning the Super Bowl or, or eleven or twelve games. All right, what about my boy Fitz Magic? And the Washington football team. All I know, Steve, is he he has been playing well the last couple of years. Like he, I, if he just plays how he played in Miami, that's better quarterback play than Washington got all year last year. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm reading the media. Hey, you know, Fitz Magic, he might be better than the the current Washington quarterbacks, and it makes me wonder: Have these people watched an NFL game the last three years? Fitz Magic is good. Fitzpatrick was like the fifth-rated quarterback in QBR last year. The only reason he got benched is because Miami wanted to see what they had in Tua and obviously felt they had to go that direction. Fitzmagic was playing very well, and I have him my 14th-ranked quarterback. It's a bargain. You're only paying him $10 million a year? Now, I get it. Long-term, he's not going to be the answer, and he's getting older. But uh, huge upgrade for the Washington football team. A great move. There's going to be some teams – in this quarterback carousel, it's like musical chairs. They're going to be left without a viable option, and Washington just got one for this year. It's absolutely a terrific point. Uh, I love Fitzmagic. You know that. I think he's playing his best football, and I think he wants to start. I think he wants to win a division and start a playoff game, which I don't think he's ever done before. So I'm rooting for him. I think it should be awesome. What a fun episode. I'm rooting for you guys to hopefully subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast or Fantasy Feast, where we're going to break down all of NFL free agency moves from a fantasy football perspective tomorrow on the Fantasy Feast. Andrew Brandt will join us on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast to talk about the moolah, the money. Should be awesome. Make sure you have the DraftKings app on your phone. Throw the code Ross in so they know I sent you. Check out Steve on Twitter, at Sports. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.